getting fat and lazy mostly. Mm. That is, that's at the height of my lockdown hobbies. But no, mainly I've just been doing a lot of reading, um, writing, picking up hobbies and then dropping them almost immediately. Mm. It's, it's difficult to, to direct your energies you know, you know, into things. But now I've, I've used this time to, I suppose, try and get some, well, some grounding for the future. You know, what I'm going to do when I finally can do things again. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Just just think about my life after uni. You're prepping for future Mahi, not current Mahi. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, exactly. Because there's not much current Mahi can do, unfortunately. So, mm. biding his time. Biding his time. But, but what current Mahi can do, mm-hmm. engage in this podcast and spew his that ideas. Is, and that is right. And what that is right. No, no. So what is uh-huh. going on in your mind right now? Well, at this moment, I uh, so currently, um, as you know, I am in my final year of studying economics at yep. the University of Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the last semester of that, handing in my dissertation, just doing my final exams, um, all my coursework and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's bloody shit. Let me tell you, it's, it's, it's awful. And I think in the past year or so, I've come to the realization that the kind of life, the path that this degree is leading me down is not one that I want to live. You know, after I graduate, what the hell am I going to do? Am I going to join some some corporation, you know, some company, join some government office, become an office grunt? No, no. It's not for me. So I have actually applied to do a second undergraduate um, at the University of Oxford. Right. And I'm you know, I'm wanting to study classics. So I did all my interviews December just there. And right. I should get the results tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Yeah, to, so to see whether I'm, or not. I'm guessing the interviews were conducted through. Yep, as as we're doing just now, as we're right, doing okay. just now. Yeah, so I have to wait until they went. Hmm? How, how did they go? Well, I, th- I think the interviews went quite well. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's actually quite funny the story of my application because I kind of did it all on a whim, um, in a day or so, and the application process they make you jump through so many hoops. You know, of course you have to get your, you have to write your personal statement for UCAS, and then you have to get your um you know, your statements from your, your academic advisors and whatnot. And they also ask you to send in two essays, two pieces of work for them to comb through and look over. So I sent them an unfinished essay, just, just yeah. half of one that I, a draft that I had on my laptop. Um, I sent in each part of my application a day or two late, you know, after the deadline. I bungled, because you have to do an entrance exam, like a, like a language entrance exam. I bungled that. I think I only half finished that. And, you know, somehow I was still given an interview. I, I know not how, I know not why, but there you go. And, and now it's become real because I really do want, I guess, a second go at university, in all right. honesty. I, I don't find the current degree classification that I'm in to be mm-hmm. intellectually stimulating or challenging or something that I can really bring myself to care about at all. I, of everyone I've ever met, your degree makes comes the insult. sense. <laughs> no, no, it's not an insult at all. It just uh, makes no, the least sense. Classics makes much more sense. I know, because, well, everybody, it's kind of my party trick, actually. I know the most boring party trick in the world, but <laughs> I, I get to know somebody, and then after we've had a conversation on, on God knows what for over an hour or an hour and a half, I ask them, so what do you think? Uh, I'm studying at university. And they usually come out with, oh, it's English literature or philosophy or it's classics mm-hmm. or it's something along those lines. But yeah. no. It's, it's economics. It's economics. It's unfortunate. You know, I was a very different person when I picked it four years ago, straight out of school, straight out of sixth year. 
I picked it again, as I said, on a, on a complete whim. That's kind of how I, I do things. And, and that's come back to bite me four years later down the line. Uh, but no, I would like a, like a second go of things, something that I actually care about, something that I can really, you know, apply myself in. Right. Um, but is that something you think you could actually uh, utilize as a degree once you're finished? Well, what are degrees really for? You, know, you tell me, I didn't go to university. Yeah, but, well, it, maybe you did the right thing. Maybe you did the right thing. I remember I was having a conversation once with somebody. This was before we went to uni. So this was, you know, four years ago right. after high school. And, you know, he told me, he was an American fellow, and he told me that university, it's really anything that you can learn from university, you can learn from self-study. Right? Mm -hmm. If you want to know something about a topic, you can just download a textbook off mm -hmm. the internet and then just read that whenever you wanted to. And you'd get the same sort of education as you would at university. And at the time, I disagreed with him. I said, well, no, you need, you need teachers and you need, um, you need exams and you need directions and you need a structured way to learn. But no, right now, I, I, I would say I agree with him. I would yeah. say to learn more about a topic, you can learn more you know, on your own than you would at university. I think university actually sucks out the desire to study a topic. Yeah, I would ways, it makes a topic less interesting if you have to study it in such a rigid, formulaic way. There are yeah. so many aspects of economics that I actually, you know, find quite interesting, but um, they've been completely squashed out of me. Just having this really structured, really boring way, this way that we're wading through all the information to get to some glimmer, some nugget of of information that you know we can actually utilize, which yeah. we actually appreciate knowing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, so, pe so many people say that they really enjoyed reading until they were forced to study English at school. And then that completely destroyed their capacity and their desire to read their appetite for literature. It's gone. You know, in all honesty, um, a degree at this moment, I would say a degree, it's just something that you get to go to work. It's just a qualification you need for an entry-level job and that's the main reason I would argue that most people go to university they go to university as a stepping stone they go to university to learn more about a topic uh, sorry not to learn more about a topic but they go to so, university yeah. well as exactly to yeah. as a gateway you yeah, into a job okay. um, hardly anyone goes to university I would wager to you know for knowledge for the pursuit of knowledge um, which I think is quite sad yeah but you are going for the pursuit of knowledge you're going mm -hmm. to the classics oh. yeah well i'm going because you know i love classics that is what i would like to dedicate the next three years of my life to mm. that's you know the world that i want to immerse myself in i don't want to immerse myself into the world of work i don't want to immerse myself into the world that an economics degree will will give me i i, I couldn't work in a bank <laughs> i couldn't work in an office it's just not me it's just yeah. not me so i've made the decision to you know, to cut all that, to drop all that. And um, I suppose drop all these expectations that have been placed upon me to, to live that kind of life. Hmm. Um, well, my, my brains went blank <laughs> for this word, but what is the word for someone who is, uh, that, uh, is like proficient in every area of study? Is polymath, are you, are you yeah, speaking perfect, yeah. a polymath? They're going to describe you as that. Oh, um, well, thank you. And uh, that you could probably apply yourself to, in theory, basically anything at university. You see, um, that's you have mm -hmm. a great understanding of the groundwork of everything. 
Why, thank you. Why, thank you. And I think that's that's really the um, that's really the goal actually that I'm aiming for. And I think that's really the goal that most people should aim for in terms of their in terms of their education. Right. Um, I think there was a recent article that I read, you know, a while back, saying that we need to bring back the the polymath education. Mm. Right. Because right now, education as we have a tertiary education, education in university, it's very very specialized. Right. You're going deeper and deeper into a rabbit hole. Yeah. And you, you can no longer see the sun, you can no longer see the sky, you can no longer see all the other branching routes um, that are out there because mm. uh, and you end up at a dead end where you're working on a problem or you're working in a subject that is so, so specified, that is so, so minute that you really don't know anything else. And that's something that I you know, would hate because I think all the great minds in history, they all had a good grounding, a good base of knowledge in, in everything, you know, in everything whatsoever. I think a well-rounded education, right, an education where you're proficient in kind mm. of every topic under the sun, I would value that more than, you know, an education that's so, so specified, yeah. you know, because um, I, I have a passion, a drive for learning as much as I can about, about everything. But to do that, I've had to forego and forsake um, much more specified path. Mm. right doing doing exceptionally well in in one subject um but no i think it, it harkens back i suppose to the ancient greeks had the idea of arerte which was all-round excellence and that is what you know a man should strive for right a man should strive for being excellent in every single field in whatever he touches and i don't think you can do that currently at university you know, I don't think you can. And then you're kind of building a wall between yourself. If you go down this route, you're building a wall between yourself and the rest of the world. Mm. Right. When if you think about it, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, uh, philosophers, academic philosophers, university lecturers, they were read by all sorts of people. Right. If you were a philosophy lecture, uh, lecturer, you know, 100 or 200 years ago, what you said would make sense to somebody who was studying literature, what you said would make sense to somebody who was studying science, economics, history, it was all intertwined, right? Whereas nowadays, the only people who reads, well, the only people who read um, philosophy lectures or other philosophy lectures, other people who have had that same education that has led them down the same rabbit hole where they can only communicate with each other and they can't communicate with the wider world anymore. Right, right. You know, nobody, nobody really reads academics anymore because okay. academics are so constrained they're so up their own arses uh, they could really communicate only with yeah. each other they can't really be applied to the general public or no, layman no. it's yeah, so not at specific all. and so niche that it's effectively just useless at that point exactly exactly there's such a disconnect there and you know that's something that i that i want to break out of because uh, look i would say that my my purpose right now because i think most people at this age they're struggling with questions as to what their purpose should be, where they should apply themselves, right? We're, we're quite directionless, you know, in a lot of aspects. Um, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> so I ask myself, right? Okay. I ask myself, you know, what is the impact that I've had up to this point, right? Because that's kind of the way that I look at things. That's the way that I look at my interactions and that's the way that I look at, you know, all my actions, right? right? So when, I, when I'm speaking with a friend, I always speak with, in the mind of, well, where is this conversation leading, right? What impact has this conversation, you know, had? Right. You know, what, how does it extend the narrative a wee bit, right? So what have I done, you know, for you and what have you done for me? Mm. Um, in a sense, if I, ask, and if I ask myself that question, 
what is my and, and I would say, you know, that would be my purpose, right? My purpose would be what impact have I had on other people? And I would say that the biggest impact that I've had, you know, so far on other people is through our conversations, I've made them see the world, you know, in a different way. Made things, made, made people uh, question things, yeah. Yeah, made people question things, and I, I made people, I guess, reevaluate, yeah, uh, you know, what they're doing, what they're up to, and really, you know, what life is for. I, I, I like to be, you know, um, some kind of educator, right? At the moment, I would say that's, I suppose, my role. If we're looking for a role in lives right now, my role is, is an, uh, you know, as an educator. And I'm not saying that in, in a very pretentious sense, because I think in some way everybody. As an educator hmm. but right now my main goal is to is i suppose to to allow people to to think differently right and i would like to push i suppose these these values that i've kind of discovered for myself and i'd like to you know share them with a wider world i'd like to share them with my friends and i'd like to say hey there's a different way to look at things there's a different way to learn you know most most specifically because the way that we learn right now with university with schools you know i don't think that that works very well because you see everybody comes out of school everybody comes out of university and then they think well now what well now i've spent the past few years of my life going down a single track and it's very difficult to to break out of it hmm. it's very difficult to break out of it yeah. um like i would say what people need more than anything in terms of uh, how they should learn is uh is a classical education and that's why I, I think going down a classical route at Oxford would be the best thing for me. A classical education in the sense of, as I said, the ancient Greek idea of all round excellence, mm -hmm. having a good grounding in, you know, in everything. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody should have this kind of education from a very young age, you know, from primary school age. They should, because right now, right, our modern ideas of education, as, as we have them, they do actually stem from Aristotle. They stem from, you know, the ancient Greek academies, the ancient Greek philosophies, you know, of whatnot. But they've been twisted, they've been bastardized, and they've been, um, you know, nailed out of shape so that they're no longer recognizable. Mm. If you take it back to its very, very, you know, root, I think the core concept of all learning is, you know, it comes from the laws of logic, Aristotle's laws of logic that he laid down, and he laid the formulation for, uh, you know cause and effect right a leads to b b leads to c a leads to c and and that is these are the fundamental building blocks of how to see the world right, right? and then and these are the fundamental building blocks of all of knowledge you know all of science all of programming that's how we see the world in the west at least this is how we see you know the world around us how we manipulate logic right and that comes directly from aristotle but the way that we learn logic currently we learn it in a very second-hand sense. We learn it through the subjects, right? We learn logic through, you know, through science rather than the other way around. We we don't we are not really taught from a young age um, explicitly the ideas of logic, explicitly the ideas of cause and effect. Right, right. right. Even though all of our learning is built off of that, yeah. you know, in in the first place. So I would say, if you want to have a, a full education, a full understanding of education start with actually learning the fundamental laws of logic right because those are the building blocks for learning anything mm -hmm. right. i mean it also you know tying into to logic is also the laws of argumentation how to form an argument how to formulate an argument this is also e extremely important because this allows you to justify you know why you think a certain way why you feel a certain way and then the conclusions thereof the implications of your beliefs and the implications of you know your statements and whatnot but we don't do that we don't teach people 
how to formulate arguments. We don't teach people how to justify you know, their thoughts. We just throw facts at them and then expect them to, to learn these facts and put them down on, mm. on a paper. And I guarantee you, if everybody from a young age you know, learned the laws of logic formulated by Aristotle, if they learned how to formulate an argument, everybody would be a polymath. Everybody would be able to pick up any branch of human knowledge you know, whatsoever. You have people who say, you know, I, I, I just can't do maths. I can't do maths. You can't do maths because you weren't taught how to do maths properly. You don't mm. understand how maths you know, fits in. Right, but but it's possible. It's possible to learn how to do maths as long as you're taught right, as long as you're taught the right way. And, you know, that's my firm belief. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> and I think another important aspect mm -hmm. is that it's always ignored that when you learn one thing, that helps you learn anything else from then on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything leads to something else, not in a, any sort of direct way, but mm -hmm. the discipline of learning is so much more powerful than what you're actually learning. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you... as a philosophy classes and a primary school, mm -hmm. and we're good. Yep. Yes, yes, 100%. I, I, I would say that in primary school, you know, everybody should study philosophy. Everybody mm -hmm. should look at philosophy. Philosophy is incredibly important, right? incredibly important. And I feel that it's it's kind of lost its place in the modern world but you know without that how can you make sense of of where you're going and yeah. where you are how can you make sense of the ideas of you know what you are in terms yeah. of your identity in terms of your purpose in terms of what you should be doing you don't have direction without having philosophy and that's what we're lacking right now we're lacking you know direction it's it's all well and good if you go to university you get a first class degree um, and then you end up in, in some job you know well done but is that the end goal Right. Is that the end goal is getting a job? The end goal is making lots of money. The end goal. But what does that tell you about, you know, your 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 position in the world? Yeah. How you see yourself? It's, it doesn't answer those questions. No, but those questions, I think, should be raised in people from a young age. And um, and I think the, the curriculum should be focused more towards answering these questions. What can bring contentment and happiness and drive and direction to most people? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's really valuable what you're saying is totally it's, I feel stupid for not looking <laughs> at it in the first place because it's exactly that. Well, what does it matter if I know maths? What does it matter mm -hmm. if I know anything? Exactly. If I understand uh, if I don't have any guidance in my mm -hmm. own maths, mm -hmm. I don't have any understanding of what I want and what I add value to. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I want to be or not even where I want to be but how to actually understand and enjoy and appreciate the world around me absolutely absolutely we're not taught that we're not taught anything about that we're not taught mm -hmm. anything about being a human it's mm -hmm. mm -hmm. unique is the fact yeah. that we're human and we can comprehend our own existence to some degree we, we absolutely are super absolutely but yeah. we don't appreciate it we just we're just sitting doing mm -hmm. that. Exactly sitting doing that. Because fundamentally, right? Fundamentally, the, the education system and, you know, even above them, the government, the powers that be, whatever, they don't really care about human satisfaction. They don't really yeah. care about individualization, personalization. The reason that the education system is set up the way that it is, it is to create the perfect worker. It's to create yeah. the perfect, you know, the, the perfect drone in, yeah. in the society that we have. They want to churn out um, people who can keep the engines of industry and the engines of capitalism, the engines of the economy running. Yeah. Right? You know, they don't care whether these people are happy or, or not. 
or they can only be happy insofar as they are allowed to be and work within the system, you know, as well. There's never going to be fundamental change in how people, you know, are, are taught and how people see themselves until, well, until we, we change, I suppose, the system behind it all. Yeah. Because right now the system, it values, well, it values money above all. Yeah, it values people working. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is a, a system out there and in theory or that has been practiced that is better at making people feel important and individual? Uh, well, I think, yeah, I think there, are, there, there have been many systems that have, you know, that have come close or, or have even focused on, you know, the, the ideas of happiness more than the ideas of industry and the ideas of, of work and utilization. I would say even in the West, right, up until the modern era, uh, systems of, of happiness, of spirituality, of contentment, you know, things that um, put these ideas forward, they were more prevalent. Right? This is a very recent phenomenon, a very new phenomenon. You know, even like 500 years ago, I would argue that the average peasant was just as happy as somebody in a modern capitalist economy. Hmm. They're just as happy. I don't think the, the happiness between these two, I don't think we're happier now because we have more technology, Yeah. because we lack direction. Whereas 500 years ago, people had more direction. People knew exactly where they were, you know, yeah. it, they knew their place in the world. Um, if, if you were a farmer, you knew exactly what that meant. You know, you knew, yes, I, I'm a farmer. I know what that means in the grand scheme of things, right? You, you know who you are as a person, Other you know what, and, exactly. And your, and your society, and you felt maybe mm-hmm. important because of that, because you, yeah, have, yeah. you could be a sort of valuable asset to something. Absolutely. Well, that's something that would definitely yeah. cost. There's no value in any work. No one wants no. to work. And no, exactly. There's no sense of community at all. No, because it's all about money nowadays. Whereas back in the day, nobody had money. So they could actually have value, you know, in other yeah. things. They could have pride in, in themselves. But right now, our pride has been almost co-opted by how much wealth we can accumulate, how much wealth we can make. Um, and right now, I would say, you know, a lot of, a lot of countries in the East they still haven't bought into the capitalist ideology that we have here in the West, where money drives all, where money and wealth and greed are they are the fundamental determinants of you know human behavior, whatnot. Like Bhutan, for instance, a tiny, tiny nation in, in the Himalayas. I think they so they actually measure the the prowess of their country by a metric called gross national happiness rather than gross domestic product. And they they emphasize happiness over the economy and they don't really do that too successfully because they are you know an absolute monarchy you know a dictatorship and whatnot but that i guess goes to show that cultural values um are, are you know very important how societies and states and things rack up because of course the you know through most of time and through most cultures and societies there was a great emphasis on spiritual well-being on spiritual happiness on um on individualization, you know, and personalization. Whereas right now, paradoxically, because in the West we have all these ideas of liberalism and all these ideas of being an individual and being being unique and being yourself and whatnot. But does anybody actually feel like an individual, like themselves, like they have a, a greater role, you know, to play in all of this? It's it's the great well, it's the great paradox, I think, of, of the modern West right now. Um cheers. And it's not, it's not like it's uh, the, the other side of the spectrum where it's because mm-hmm. we feel so connected and we feel mm-hmm. so, as one. It's because we feel nothing. <laughs> we yeah, exactly. Nothing. Exactly. It's, it's, it's an abyss. We're just hurtling through. We're not, it's nihilistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
Um, so, what are you going to take with, with your knowledge of classics and your knowledge of, of, of uh, economics? What are you going to do when you mash them together? Well, of this? that's the thing. I See, my idea, right, now, we've talked a lot about, you know, education, I suppose, building a, a better society thereof. I would love to to build some kind of experimental society which can which can mesh these ideas that we've been talking about together so i've got some land in bangladesh well it's right now it's my father's land but i've got some land in bangladesh and i'm hoping to i'm hoping to to one day you know accumulate enough wealth and capital and and whatnot to actually set up an experimental society there you know right. maybe it's 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 very rural it's out of the way exactly but is it though unethical I suppose capitalism is just a big experiment that she's well exactly exactly but that's it that's it it's it's an experiment it's because all societies have to start out as experiments right. communism right capitalism whatnot but I, I would love to you know build some kind of utopian commune and I know it's been tried many times before but and and failed many times before you're starting to say have you watched a <laughs> documentary a uh, world world country I've not no no you should watch it this is uh, yes like this is the conversation uh, that they had before they started what they did. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get too into it, but it's I just okay. see a lot of parallels here. Uh -huh. Well, that's exciting you because know, I'm, I'm going to build, I guess, um, I'll build a house there and I'll build, you know, some communal housing and and whatnot. And then um, there 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 are a few villagers and whatnot living living on my land right now, and they're living as communal farmers and fishermen and whatnot. Right. But if we can, I guess, introduce these new ideas of education, you know, to them, these new utopian visions of, of spiritual well-being, right? Uh, reintroducing the classics in this little corner of, of Bangladesh, then perhaps we can build something from there. Perhaps we can build a better society. And that's, that's the current idea. I think I can easily volunteer for both <laughs> and Lucy here. That we'll uh, both get involved in this. Yes, yes, perfect. No, do come along. Do come along. We can, you know, we can move there and and build something up and build something up. Um, Realistically, how possible mm -hmm. is this? Can can you just do that in Bangladesh? Is that a possible thing to do? Well, there are <laughs> Bangladesh. It's one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Yeah. So as long as you have cash to flash, so to speak. Right. Uh, there's a lot you can get away with what you can get away with i think if we if we keep a low profile which right. is which is perhaps not what we're doing right now but yeah, let's talk hey, about oh. podcast <laughs> yes but well, I, I don't know how many members of the bangladeshi government will be watching this so i think we're, we're safe for now but if we keep a low profile yeah. then then i think we can get away with it because obviously labor there and construction costs and and whatnot they're they're cheap right it's good right. farmland so you could uh, as a community it could farm its own food it would be self-sufficient you know yeah. in that in that aspect and and i think it's a great place to to de-learn everything that we have been talking you know growing up in the materialistic west to, to de-learn and deconstruct uh, all our notions that we've that we've held on um to this moment because obviously you know you and i we are rife with biases yeah right? we're adult with completely conditioned for this world yeah. exactly exactly but uh this this might be a might be a way to i suppose decondition us mm. uh and really see things more for what they are yeah. you know something uh, 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 you know a bit more objective because i know that it'll be very difficult i suppose building any new world here yeah know, in the west yeah you know, which is so 
enmeshed, which is so entrenched in the in the current system. Um, and I don't really feel like grinding out under the capitalist boot for 10, 20, 30 years, trying to make something of myself, you know, that way. That's never going to happen. I think as well, to be honest. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. But the problem is, if you do, then then you're essentially, you know, caught just drifting, just drifting along. Hmm. There is really nothing, nothing for you unless you're willing to compromise yourself. Hmm. And yeah, and you well, essentially bow down to the system. Yeah. and and take part in the system uh, i don't know there are some things i suppose that are far more important than than a comfortable life within such a system like it, it would crush me personally i suppose to give up these values to compromise everything that i've learned and everything that i care about and everything that i talk about just just for some material comforts uh, and i've got like there's enough people that enjoy comfort we don't need to do that yeah no, no, not at all. You can actually go and enjoy yourselves. And exactly. The against the grain stuff. That's it. That's it. And that's fundamentally, I think, the, the way of life that, I, that appeals to me the most is the life of an adventurer. I just want to see and experience all that can be seen and all that can be experienced. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's, that's what's important. That's really the only time that I can say that I love life. You know, without a shadow of a doubt that I love life is when I'm thrown into a circumstance that's out with my comfort zone, yeah. which I've you know, not experienced before. When I'm not bored because everything else is boring. If you've done something once, you've done something twice, yeah. it loses its appeal. You can't just couldn't. And excitement and the same. No, no, not at all. And I completely fall on the side of excitement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything, which is why this lockdown, it is it is dry. It's grinding me down. It's grinding me into sand, I have to say. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I think we should wrap this podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for speaking to me. Good talk. Good talk. What yes. is the book that's sitting behind you right now? The best book that is sitting behind me right now. Oh. Top, three, top three, right? Top three. My top three. My top three. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Right. This is this is an interesting one. Um, Oh, it's, you're going to make me choose. You're going to make me choose. Yeah, this oh, is, yeah. this is, this is rather difficult. Okay. I have well, like blank space with a, a, an audio and a podcast is really bad. So you're going to have to think fast. Yep, think fast. Okay. So the first book that I that I argue um, that you should read is Journey by Moonlight by Antal Sherb. So it's it's not a very well known book. It was it's a Hungarian novel that was published in the 1920s. And it follows this sort of middle-class bourgeois man on his honeymoon in Italy with his newlywed wife. Um, and he, he's suffering a bit of a midlife crisis because on his honeymoon, he realizes, just as we've talked about, that he's given up, I suppose, the ideals that he had in his youth. Mm-hmm. And he's compromised and he's surrendered you know, to the system. Mm-hmm. But then he comes across one of his old friends from high school one of his old friends from high school approaches him on a motorcycle and tells him that their mutual friend, the friend that they had back in high school, who they both thought killed himself, has actually been found living as a monk in a monastery somewhere in Italy. And so our main character, our protagonist, drops his wife, drops everything that he has, and he goes to find his friend because they had a lot of history. And I won't really go into you know the plot and the history that they had and whatnot, but uh, I think it really will you know appeal to you. And it does 
manifest a lot of the sensibilities that we've talked about right now just dropping it dropping it all you know giving it up and and throwing caution to the wind in search of a dream in search of an ideal which is and i think that's it's, it's an excellent book to read i think right now that is currently my favorite book um so yeah that's that's one that i foist upon people journey by moonlight and i'll share <laughs> that's a that's a good note to end on uh thank you again hope you're well no worries you too you too i'm a stable we'll talk soon we will talk soon a lot more to get through <laughs>